What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Alternate Reality Podcast, where we talk about everything nerdy, everything gaming, basically everything awesome. Uh, we are back again this week with myself, Hebrew Hammer, and Muggin, of course. Yo, what's up? Not much, and we're going at it as a twosome again, alone. Hooch is out once again for, I think, I'm not sure if he's resting off from that drunken party that he had last week where he came in late or what, but uh, he was not able to come today, so it's just us. Oh, that family time. Exactly. But whatever. It's uh, his deal. He probably has... Oh, well, never mind. We... we Gave, I think whenever we said goodbye to Chu, I think we gave him a permanent case of herpes. So I won't do anything quite diabolical to uh, hooch this time. Something temporary is better. But uh, yeah. So anyways, guys, we're going to be doing it as us two this week. Let me go ahead and get through all of the shenanigans beforehand where we ask for money. So I'm going to kick that off right now with the shameless shilling. Uh, make sure to check us out on patreon.com, patreon.com forward slash ANR pod to be exact. You can check out all the perks that we have there and um, all the different uh, tiers, the rewards that you get for signing up with us. You also get access to a private discord server and um, but you can still have access to our public discord server. If you want discord.me forward slash ANR to get into that where we talk about everything from financing to games to movies, all that kind of stuff. So make sure that you hop in there. And, uh, of course, this is one of the most important things you could do for us, which is go to Apple Podcast and give us a five-star review. That really helps out a lot with the visibility. And even listening from there directly over other places helps our numbers out uh, quite a bit as well because Apple Podcast is the biggest source of podcasting. So those are the biggest numbers people look at. So, whew, there we go. That's it. Quick and easy. Under a minute, I'd say, for that one. Pretty Nice, good. nice. Get it. You're getting it. <laughs> There we go. But yeah. let's go ahead and kick it off quickly with uh, what we did this week. It's only going to be two of us this time, so it's going to be much easier. So, Muggin, what'd you do? Yeah. So, uh, I don't even know the best way to say this. Uh, Le Hooser uh, <laughs> posted about this slime isekai memories mm-hmm. gacha game, and I fell into that one pretty hard. So, um been playing that a bit. Uh, did Is it worth it? Because I've been thinking of like getting into it now like a couple times i've seen it, i'm like i should really give it a go yeah so i did a i did a very limited re-roll on it um and my account is like a total mess even though it like had the most kick-ass start ever it's like turned into like this disaster um <laughs> so similar to dragalia you know they have these protection units right. so every they then they buff like your whole team um, mm-hmm. but they only have like a 1% pull rate. So everybody says, you know, you want the protection units and then you just want a matching, um, element like SS, you know, five star. So I ended up right, pulling right. three five star protectors on my account when I was re-rolling it. And then I got like, uh, one of the better, um, five star battle characters. I was like, screw it. I'm done. I didn't want to re-roll anymore. And, um, since then I have not pulled fuck all anything in 120 pulls until today like on my 121st pull i got another another five star but it wasn't the one i wanted so now i'm like still like man but they've been giving away free stuff too so like the current event you can get a free um they give you the free four star at the beginning of the event and then you can get them all the way to six star which is the max just by completing the event 
they give you all the pieces to level him. And then at, with the next event, supposedly they're, they're doing a poll on Twitter where you get to basically pick which of the four characters you want them to give you a free five-star version of where they give you all the upgrades for a four, to take the four-star to five. So it's um it's pretty generous. There seems to be a lot of free gems coming our way. We'll have to see how that shakes out. Right now, they did a... Um, the re-roll is set up now because of another thing they did uh, with a social campaign. You can actually get 30 pulls for free at the start, like right off the jump. So mm-hmm. re-rolling is pretty strong right now, but um, I think that window is going to close up soon. So anyway, it's it seems fun so far. Um, it's all like what, PVE. What style? It's kind of like um, reminds me a little bit of... Um, what was that seven deadly sins where like your characters have oh, yeah. like these uh, tokens that kind of drop down in the bottom and then you kind of pick the ones and you line them up um, yeah. by color and things like that. So um, it's, it gives you that random like bubbles of things and like, so each character can drop like a green or a blue or this other color or orange. And then they have skills that can like swap the colors around or buff or debuff and things like that. So it's kind of an interesting, uh, game it's mechanic. Like skill so based puzzle. Yeah, kind of, but or, it's, I'm sorry, it's all turn based puzzle. Yeah. yeah. And it's all, it's all PVE right now. There's no PVP at all. Um, okay. It's got a city builder builder built into it, which also gives you bonuses similar to like Duragalia, where like you'll build, um, like to get the forge to make gear, you have to raise the population of the city. It's, it's all, pr- and it moves pretty quick. It's pretty simple. It's pretty, uh, quick and hands offy. Um, the only thing that sucks so far is like you can't auto grind the, um, the, oh, uh, the event. You can auto grind everything else. So you actually can like okay. set a team and have it go and it, it like goes off and quote unquote like fights behind the scenes. And it tells you like, you're going to run this 15 times. It'll take this much stamina and it'll be done in like 38 minutes or whatever. And then you can actually do all the other stuff in the game. Like you can go forge gear. You can level up characters. You can go work on your city. You can do all that uh, other like stuff that. while it's doing that. So instead of like galaxy heroes or MSF where you just hit like, you know, sim it, you know, and it just instantly mm-hmm. gives you the reward. It still takes time, but you can, and you can turn the game off. You can like set that for, like an hour and then it'll just it'll give you a notification when it's done and you just log back in and get your stuff so that's pretty neat but the thing that sucks is the event doesn't allow they call it parallel processing the event doesn't allow that to occur in the event Mm. but all the other stuff you can do that with so i think that's just a way stuff yeah i think that's just their way to kind of force screen engagement during the events um is to make sure that you you're like literally playing the game um, yeah. Well, I do like the fact that they introduced that mechanic, though. I, I think it's actually might be my favorite version of that kind of mechanic because I hate auto, but you still have to have it on the screen and it just auto plays it for you. Yeah. And the simming, I mean, the simming is, is good, but also it's like, you know, too immediate. It feels like you want to have a little work for it. So it is nice that it's kind of like right in the middle where it's like you don't even have to be playing it. You could play it in the background. You could turn off the phone. But you don't get it quite immediately. Well, and my understanding is also that if you um, like if you have two like really strong teams, like you can send one of those teams to go parallel process something while you like go play the event Mm -hmm. with your other team. Yeah. So you can actually be doing two things at once. 
yeah. I might actually give this one give this one a go. There Does it go. have any cooperative play at all? I know you, it said it does, no PvP, but not not yet. But I, I believe there was talk about it maybe getting some either that or it's okay. going to get some kind of PvP. I'm I'm not sure, but it's one of those things where they're going to be growing it as time goes on. You know. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, what's on the next list for you? Uh, well, I was taking out that new trans, the Transformers like Arena Battler drops. I think mm-hmm. yesterday on Apple Arcade. I was messing with it for a little bit. There used to be this game that I was like in love with called um, Star Wars Force Arena, and it was a. Uh, oh, I know it. Yeah, okay. I played it. So the thing about that one that was so cool, right, was that you're you would pick like a leader, right, for your thing, and you were yeah. actually in full control Team of your leader. leader. Right where yeah. you were moving them, and then you were dropping the cards in. So when I saw this, someone, a friend of mine that played that with me a lot, sent me this link. I was like, "Oh man, that would be awesome!" But it's more like Clash Royale, um, mm. you know, where it's just you know you're just throwing the cards and they just do their own thing while they walk up the field. The other thing that right. kind of annoyed me was the it's screenshots real show quick. it good. Is Force Arena just like while I'm thinking of it? Is Force Arena still in? Play or no, they no, they closed that down forever ago, and then nobody's Damn, ever been right. able to to really catch that like lightning in a bottle again. And I'm I don't know mm-hmm. why they closed it. I think it just got to be way too pay to win, um, and they just started yeah, dropping as soon as you players. Said it, yeah, as soon as you said it, I was like, oh shit, I should download that game again because that was a pretty good game. Yeah, yeah, we played it. Damn, I mean, I game. I was playing that a lot when it first dropped. So, yeah. I don't know. If you like Clash Royale, this is probably like a fun little... It's got like all the fun, cool sounds. And um, mm-hmm. they have an interesting mechanic since it's Transformers where like the like Megatron and Starscream and Optimus, they have the card pops up and you can tap it to switch between robot and vehicle. And mm-hmm. they do t- different things. Like, for instance, Optimus, when you switch him to his vehicle, he basically becomes a missile that just goes straight for a tower and explodes. And okay. if you use him as a robot, he, he, you know, he walks down the battlefield and wrecks people with his like laser axe or whatever. So that's kind of a neat mechanic. Okay. Yeah. So you get like two cards in one. And then one of the characters that I saw that I'll have yet is, um, Soundwave. And he's more like a turret where he like literally ejects like laser beak and rumble and ravage out onto the field to go fight, which is kind of neat. Oh. Yeah. So I don't know. The only thing that sucks, you know, like we talked about, it's on Apple Arcade. So yeah. I don't know how big the player base will be um, or and how limited it'll be because of that. But um, I got like a bunch of months of free Apple Arcade. So I figured I'd check it out. Yeah, that's the problem is that it's it's one of those like because it's not even necessarily the sub cost because I know you're talking about like I have free like I, I know I could easily as could anyone else like get like a, a month free, you know, to hop on there. But problem is because there is a barrier period to play you're already gonna have such a small smaller player base and for games like that that like you feel like you you need other people that really rely on other people i feel like it's it's destined to fail at some point i could easily be wrong but that's just if free-to-play games have that issue i feel like you know games that require a subscription are easily going to have that issue especially in mobile yeah it's it's interesting because there's a um, a star trek game that's kind of like a msf like galaxy of heroes kind of game mm-hmm. hero collector that's also on apple arcade and the thing about apple arcade is they don't allow microtransactions in the games at all um Ooh. 
So you've got these games where you can't buy loot boxes, um, but right. you get the loot boxes for free, basically. Um, so, mm. and that Star War, that Star Trek one's been out for like I think almost a year now, and it still gets regular updates. So, like, I don't know what the size of the Apple Arcade player base is and and how this model like works out there, but it's an interesting place to drop it, you know. Yeah, I didn't know that they that they did not allow monetization like that um, through there, but that's interesting. Yeah, that's the whole like point of it is that there's no like true free to play there because you're paying that monthly fee. Apple is like super, um, like, like no keen. exactly. These are like yeah. full things, and there and there's some really good games on there um, floating around. But then there's also like they've been redropping. Like all these old, like early iPhone games, like Cut the Rope and Doodle Jump and like Angry wow. Birds, and they, they put a plus at the end of it. So they, because <laughs> you know, those games, they used to be like a buck or two, right? And then they went free to play, right? right? And, and, and added all these monetizations. So it's basically giving you back the original, like, buy it once, play it forever game without all that garbage monetization in it, which is kind of nice because those games were fun back then. But, um, that's what a lot of the Apple Arcade is right now. So it's interesting to see these like this bigger game come out. But yeah, fair enough. I always find it like I feel like it, it's lazy to do that. But you're right. If it has, if it had like monetization added on, you know, before and you get it all for free now in this version, then that's I suppose that's worth it. Yeah. And then I've just been playing some Dragon Quest Eleven here and there on my Switch, and that's been my week. All right. Well, my week was much lighter on the gaming. Um, well, not really. More like just like the same three games over and over again. So I'm not going to go on too much on any of them. But uh, AFK, I will say specifically, like because I'm still reacclimating to it. So there's new stuff that I find every single day still. But I got to say, and this it especially applies to you because you and I, you know, we started that alliance, which is now one of the top alliances still, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who the fuck runs it now, though. Uh, it's been handed off, I think, like three times. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, it's like still one of the top alliances, though. So there you go. Um, pretty cool. But yeah, it is. A, it is honestly an awesome game, dude. Like it feels really fucking good. I highly recommend anyone that took a break from it before. Hop back in, try it. I know it's very intimidating, but just like, you know, slowly work your way through it because there really isn't like any pressure to go fast and throw yourself into it. Like basically every day, like I spend a little bit of time getting to know one new thing in there, but there's some really cool stuff and like so much really cool cooperative stuff as well that they've implemented. Like I remember before, like, you know, the guild system seemed very lackluster. You remember? Yeah. Um, but now there's so much stuff involved in that. And, uh, like, especially if you're, like, in a hardcore guild, like, I mean, it still doesn't require, like, a lot of time on your part. But there's just a, a lot of really cool shit that you can do involving, like, there's this one giant mode that starts every, like, 30 days. You can hop into it, and it lasts, like, 10. And um, it's, like, this huge map where all of you guys settle on the outskirts of town. And, yeah. like, you then have to, like, expand out and get closer to the middle and take over, like, you know, these towns and the this eventually, like, this giant castle and stuff. Really, really cool. Um, I'm a fan of it. Yeah, so when, I played, when I played last time, that they had, that's mm-hmm. when they launched that, that 
uh, ah, conquest okay. thing or whatever it was called. I remember running yeah. with, with all those guys in Ruds and, um, you know, learning how that game mode worked. It was pretty sweet. Yeah. So anyone that's, uh, you know, thinking about it, you know, go ahead and give it a shot. Um, the other thing is I did just start watching. I'm not going to go into a big thing about it because uh, Hooch has already done that like five times. But I will say I just started watching Ted Lasso. Very good show. Uh, I've only watched two episodes so far, but it was really solid. Much, much better than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was just going to be all hype. But uh, no, actually very good. Um, the other thing is uh, I started up. I don't know if anyone remembers or not, but I, I had a podcast going with a buddy of mine for a little bit called Click or Skip. And it was just movie review podcast because I watch new movies literally every single week. I watch a, a new movie that's in the theaters and, um, you know, the pandemic and everything like that. I stopped it beforehand, but the pandemic, especially that stopped me seeing movies as much. But now that I'm seeing them on a regular schedule again and um, all these new shows are coming out, like I really just I wanted an outlet to talk about them. So um, I have a new form of click or skip that I made where um, I'm doing like short form reviews. Uh, where it's like six minutes of a non-spoiler review, like six minutes tops of a non-spoiler review. And then I give about 15 seconds until I go into the spoiler review version. And that's about another six minutes. And um, yeah, it's really just fun to be able to talk about that kind of stuff. Looking into adding in like polls and stuff like that. So people can, you know, while they listen, you can say if you liked it as well. And, you know, see if you agree with if it's a, you know, a click or a skip is what I say. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, give it a shot. It's on, uh, Podbean and, um, I'm sorry. It's not, it's actually not on Podbean. It's on, you know, Apple podcast and all those other places. It's just not on Podbean because I'm hosting it on anchor. So yeah, just give it a shot. If you have any questions about it, let me know. And, um, I think as time goes on, I'm going to be putting it on TikTok, and because I think it lends itself to kind of a short form video and, um, then I also think some of the A&R guys might do reviews of their own and then put it on there and stuff like that. That way, you know, if someone watches something that the other one hasn't, you know, they get to be able to post something up too. So pretty cool idea. Work still working out the kinks of it, but new episodes already up and going to be releasing another one uh, tomorrow, I guess, with uh, the release of Arcane, which we're going to be talking about in a second. So that's pretty much it for my week. I'd say you win as far as having fun this week. So well, I mean, you did see that. you did see Eternals, <laughs> though. I mean, you left that out of your like what you did this week. Oh, that's true. Uh, well, you know, I did see Eternals. I'll give it to you in a nutshell now. But that was actually the first episode of Quicker Skip that I released. So yeah. check it out there if you want the full thing. But uh, I'm not going to say anything spoilery, so don't worry. We Muggin and I have already talked about it in the in the A and R chat. <laughs> but um, yeah, for me. Um, mediocre as far as like the actual narrative of the movie. Um, beautiful visuals. Like I, I actually like I really love the visuals in that movie. It was astounding in, in many ways. The the scale of it is crazy. Um, but the flow of the movie was so so slow at certain points and it really meandered. Um, so like it, it it's hard to keep up with just because like you can lose yourself really easily just because it gets boring at several points. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, but there's so much hype stuff for the end and scene credits. Um, it puts in more than I think any other movie has done as far as like hype 
and it does it twice basically so <laughs> definitely like it's really cool for that and world building and all that kind of stuff but the movie itself you know aggressively mediocre it's, it's, I, I have seen it's kind of rush it's kind of rough man that like you go like, well, the me the movie's mediocre, but man, those two minutes of stingers in the credits really set <laughs> exactly. up a lot of great stuff. It's like, yeah, <laughs> oh boy, like it really, uh, yeah. I mean, that's why, like, I ultimately, um, like, I ultimately said it in in my video that, like, you know, I put it in as a if you're a big fan of Marvel, as far as like, you know, keeping up with how they're building out the world, it's a it's a click. Like, you should see it. But if it, if you're not really like a huge fan of that, honestly, you can skip it easily. Like, because I, I don't, I honestly don't think it's worth it. Kind of like, um, like Captain if you're Marvel. Not a huge fan of it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I wasn't a big fan of Captain Marvel. I know tons of people do. I I was not a big fan of Captain Marvel. I never saw it. Um, yeah, it's you know she she rubs me the wrong way, anyways. But when I but, saw her um, in Endgame, I was like, yikes! Like, I don't want to see a movie about this woman. Like, oof. Yeah, that's the thing. It's very, it's, it, it is all about that feminist message, first of all. And it's also, she's super overpowered, which is the most, like, I don't really care as much about the, like, you know, feminism part. It's just, like, super overt, which I'm not, like, a huge fan of. But the fact that the powers, that, that's the thing that really bugs me. She's so fucking broken. The only way to cal- counterbalance her is to have her conveniently not available at times. Otherwise, she wins everything, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's, so, the, it's the Superman conundrum, right? It's like when yeah. you have someone that is indestructible, but all, she doesn't have powerful, etc. You know, what do you do with that guy when you need to? Oh, well, he you throw him in a kryptonite chain and lock him away, or you put him on another yeah. planet for this part of the movie so that he can't like just win. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, he, he, she doesn't even have a rock to weaken her, though. Like, so it's it, same thing with, I guess, Superman. The other counterbalance to him, other than the rock, is just conveniently not there, which obviously they were like, oh, we can't do this forever. So we have to give him a rock to go up against. <laughs> but yeah, for this, it's still just like she's just can't be there. So very frustrating on that end. But yeah. And then people are saying that this is one thing that kind of bugs me about it. People are saying that I just found this out actually earlier today, but people are saying that it's it's tanking the way it is like that the scores on rotten tomato are being manipulated because you know it's all about like the lgbtq representation which is heavy in this which you know i don't have a problem with at all but they're saying that like you know the critics who are all white males are trying to stuff it down and you know uh, yeah, see, like the thing is, I don't, I don't, I don't like, know about that because that's movie. normally, <laughs> I mean, normally that stuff is tanked by the users. It's not tanked by the by the critics, right? By so, the critics. Yeah. you know, if you look at the if you look at the user reviews, like I was looking at this earlier, someone posted like the critic score is like a forty eight percent or whatever. It's the first yeah, like exactly. official splat for the MCU for, for Marvel, but the the audience rating is like an eighty. Right. So yeah. the audience seems to like it more than the critics, which is fine because there's plenty of critic movies that get 80% tomatoes and then the audience gives it a 30% because it's designed for critics. It's not designed for like mass consumption. Right. Um, right. So like, I don't know about the review bombing thing because I, I, I mean, I don't normally see that happen with, with critics. It's more, more like the public will review bomb it. You know, like a video game or or something like that, you know, on a public forum where it can be tallied in some way. But, um, 
I mean, the criticisms that I read from like what they quote unquote call like top critics, like, you know, like, like established, like big name people, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that are working for reputable um, publications. Everything they talked about seemed to be centered around like world building and pacing and and lack of consequence and, and things like that. Yes. Um, sure. Versus like going, Oh dude, these two dudes kissed or Oh then these two, these yeah. two girls were together. It's like, I didn't hear anything about that in any of the reviews I read. It was more about, you know, like you said, stunning visuals, but like, why, like, why do I care about any of this? It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with anything that we've ever had to encounter. And it's, you know, so yeah, we'll see. How yeah. It- I just, I hate how people think like all of a sudden like inclusion equals good movie. And it's like, no, like that. I'm I'm glad it has inclusion in it, but that doesn't mean it's a great movie automatically. And that if, if it gets a bad review that people are review bombing it because they don't like inclusion. It's like, no, it it might just be a bad movie. That's just kind (laughs) of a crappy, it's like a crappy, like, um, byproduct of kind of the, the mentality of people and the quote unquote cancel culture and all that kind of stuff where it's like, you know, people, you know, sometimes things can't really just be taken on merit. There's gotta be a reason why it got review bombed. It it couldn't possibly be a bad Marvel movie. It's gotta be because of something that, that someone has an agenda. Exactly. And it's just like, come on, bro. Yeah. So, yeah anyway and that, that that's the problem but you know it, it is what it is um you know see it for yourself if you want and, and let us know mm-hmm. you can always find us at the discord we're talking about it in the spoiler section anyway so yeah. hit us up if you want to talk about it more there but uh now we can move on to the news which is super exciting to me because we're about to talk about one of the coolest things that i have been waiting around for so freaking long for which is arcane oh yeah the the league of legends uh, TV show made by Netflix. It is out tonight. It's literally out right now. Like it just came out. The fact that he was here recording is a uh, like he's been chained to the chair kind of thing. Like he's <laughs> chomping at the bit to like just be like, all right, I'm exactly. done. Bye. <laughs> Go watch I this. literally like I'm the second I'm done with this. I've already I told my girlfriend like I was like, we're literally like we're shutting off our phones because, you know, usually both of us, whenever we're watching something, you know, I'm sure you've experienced you, oh, yeah. you're on the phone. She's on the phone, whatever. You know, I'm like, we're both shutting off our games. We're shutting off our phones. We're we're both fucking watching this because I like I won't have anyone not paying attention to this. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about that. Make sure to, I'm, I'm going to be doing a, a clicker skip on this actually like tomorrow because I want to release it. Cause I'm going to be exploding with stuff to talk about. So I'm going to be doing that, but um, it's really cool. I'm just, you're going to watch it too, right? Yeah. Well, and interesting enough, it's three episodes tonight and then weekly yep. drops. So it's not a, yeah. Uh, drop and binge kind of situation is that is that what you like more what's your favorite style of, of releasing oh them? man like it, it kind of depends like sometimes i like the the um you know the binging but i don't like mm-hmm. everything to be binging because then you just kind of like the laundry list of crap to watch that I have is excessive right now. Like there's tons of things I want to watch, but because they're all like binging shows where you just like, Oh, well, I got to watch 18 episodes of this or 10 episodes of that or whatever. It really Mm -hmm. makes it, um, hard to dive into one. The thing that's nice Mm -hmm. about 
like weekly releases is you can watch like four or five or six shows simultaneously broken up throughout the week yeah. and then binge one other thing. Right. So you're like binging something and then catching your other programs throughout the week. So I, I kind of like the mix. I just, I like, I just like consistency. So, you know, yeah. if this one thing is dropped as a binge and you get used to binging it and then it all of a sudden changes to a weekly format for the next season, I think that's kind of crappy, but, um, I'm fine with the weekly releases. I mean, it do, and it does a lot for the news cycle too, and the overall mm-hmm. interest because you I have agree. more time to digest and talk with your friends about it. Like when you when these binges come out, if you don't watch it like in that first week, you miss the whole conversation about the show. You know, yep. you, you miss you get that FOMO. You know, fear missing out. So you, you know you you don't get to talk about it, and then the, all the hype engine behind it dies, and it's like, cool, we spent all this time and money to make this TV show that got binged over a week. And, uh, yeah, now we're not getting anything out of it. And it's kind of crappy for the, you know, the people that invested all that time to like watch what they made, like not get talked about. But, um, so yeah, I think like, if you look at like the Mandalorian and things like that from Disney plus, when they kind of said, listen, we're going to do weekly releases, you know, and, and winter soldier and, um, you know, WandaVision, there was like every week we were talking about like, oh, did you see that episode? I really liked it. Oh, man, that episode sucked, you know, so it'll exactly. at least give you the opportunity to have some meaningful conversations. And also like, oh, that was kind of cliffhangery. Well, not really, because I'm going to just play the next episode. Right. So it kind of removes that. Exactly. That storytelling I'm, aspect of it. I'm 100 percent with you. I'm all about the weekly releases. Honestly, I, I love the weekly releases as much as I, you know, I, I in those moments, those cliffhanger moments, you hate it because you're like, oh, God, I want more now. But overall, like you, I am definitely aware that like, oh, I, I will appreciate it more because of I have that week to hang on it. So just as you said, so I'm with you 100 percent. I like the hype train that goes around weeklies. It does make it last longer. It's not as fleeting. So I'm all about it. So I, I can't wait for this. Um, we're definitely going to be talking about this next week. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just letting everyone know. Um but yeah, so that is that is coming out. But we do have two other awesome trailers that dropped. And so one is going to be the Morbius trailer. So now, do you know, for anyone that's that's listening now, we've talked about this before, but it was like when the trailer first dropped pre-pandemic. Isn't that right? So like that was the first trailer for it? For which one? For for Morbius. Oh, yeah, yeah. That little teaser, the teaser drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was, I mean, it was a while ago. Uh, long, long, long time ago. And so now like we have another one and what are your, what are your thoughts on it now that we've had a break in between a really long break in between the teaser and now, I mean, I thought it looked really good. Um, you know, I don't know much about the character, but mm-hmm. I thought it looked kind of, it looked kind of slick. I liked how they made references to, um, like Venom and um, like Spider, there's Spider-Man references in there. And I even think yeah. someone even said like, if you look at that Spider-Man reference, it's actually the Garfield, uh, that actor's Spider-Man the Garfield version. Yeah, it's not the current uh. like Toby, like it's not the Toby, and it's not um, what's his face that's doing the current doing it current Tom Holland. So Tom Holland, so yeah. it's kind of interesting. Is it you know that brings up the question is like, is it in the in this like, you know, area of time, or is it in an alternate, you know, timeline or whatever, um, that could be kind of explored through the whole multiverse, uh, 
stuff that we're about to get into. But yeah, it was, it wasn't clear exactly like who the villain is, um, in that. And, uh, you know, if it's just him versus the, 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 the police or whatever, or if there's going to be a big mm-hmm. bad or whatever, but it, it looked, the graphics looked good. The special effects looked good. I mean, the acting looked like it was going to be okay. So I thought it looked pretty cool. What do yeah. You think? I mean, I am, I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I just with Leto, honestly, like I just, after Joker, I just have such a bad taste in my mouth about him. You know what I mean? Um, because he th- he thinks that he played that role so well to this day. He thinks that he's the best Joker. He's literally said that. Hmm. And so seeing him play another character, <laughs> like another kind of superhero character. I mean, he was a villain before. I guess he's not he's not really a hero in this one either. I think he's, I think it's like anti hero. You know, kind of yeah. Venom Venomish kind of character. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, seeing like, you know. I don't want to totally write him off or anything, but like, I hope that he does a really fucking good job because he thought that was good acting before he was sorely mistaken. So I think like, so I saw suicide squad like way after everybody saw it. Right. I caught it. Like, I don't even remember when and, and for, for what it was. And I mean, I could probably get flamed for this. Like, I don't think his, his Joker was all that bad, but I also don't think it was the Joker that people expected. And I think one of the biggest problems with an iconic character like Batman or the Joker and things like that is that there's this unbelievably heavy expectation of the viewer as to what that person should be, especially when you have like, you know, like we talked about, what was it, two weeks ago where we were like, oh, well, Michael Keaton's my Batman and Nicholson's my Joker. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it's like when you look at all the people that have portrayed the Joker, because it's not like it's only been one person. When you right. look at what he did and how they styled him, and, and that's not even on him. I mean, that's on the art department, like what they made him look like. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really fit the narrative right that that people have in their mind for the joker like he's like got gold teeth definitely and not. like terrible right. tattoos everywhere and but but for him if if what he was instructed to do was was what he put out you know then then he can go and say well i think i did a great job with what i was asked to do and that's fine but if i mean that doesn't mean that people have to like it you can still do suppose, good acting and have a crappy ass uh response to that acting i just i don't think I don't think where they, I don't think where that movie decided to take the Joker made sense to me. Like, I didn't like that direction for that character personally. I mean, I, I definitely agree with you on the fact that, like, like part of the problem was, like, they wrote that Joker that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know he's just an actor acting it out, but at the same time, I'm usually pretty aware of that. Like, I usually don't hold it against actors. Mm-hmm. But the, the two differences here is that, he said that he played the best Joker. Yeah, out of that's all of the Jokers, which which is like you're delusional. Like that. <laughs> yeah, no, because definitely. you cannot objectively say that. And then the other thing is, is that for me, honestly, it was his acting. Like I would have been okay with that type of Joker. It wouldn't have been my favorite style of Joker, but I would have been okay with that type of Joker, but not the way he acted it out. Yeah. Like the way he acted it to me was super cringeworthy. Like the entire time, I was just like. Oh, please. No. Like it was just the way he acted it specifically yeah. was terrible. But that's the way like I saw it, but I'm not writing him off totally. Like I've seen him in other things where he's acted. Like he did Dallas Buyers Club and he got an Oscar for that. So like 
it's not like just his acting. It's just like, I'm not sure if it's just a disconnect on the character or what, but I think that, you know. I think that movie had more than enough problems in general that, that, True. you know, he's just another part of the problem. And, and you can yeah. see that they took what was best about it and made the next movie. And, you know, it looks like we're getting some more f- stuff in that realm. So, but yeah, yeah. I'm interested so when in it comes Morbius. To, to Morbius. I am, I am interested to see what he does with it. So hopefully he does a good job. Um, and kind of brings it back. You know, there's so much w- with now in the Marvel universe. Like, I mean, who knows? I don't know if he's actually going to be joined now because, you know, you mentioned Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield, there's rumors now of him being, you know, in some way brought into, you know, the canon Marvel universe now, you know, albeit for a potentially brief time. Mm-hmm. Who knows what's going on with that stuff? Um, but yeah, so if he, if he makes his way over into the main Marvel universe too, that has big implications. And I just, you know, I hope that he does a good job. I'm interested to see it. I will see it no matter what, just because you mm-hmm. know, any Marvel movie I will see. Yeah. But yeah, looks looks interesting enough to go see. So definitely check out the trailer if you haven't seen it already. This um, next one, though. Book of Boba. This mm-hmm. is something that we can all agree on. We're super excited for. Yeah, man. This looks, uh, we, this looks good. That trailer was very nice. Now, do you have that love for Boba Fett that like everyone seems to have. I mean, I, so, okay. I mean, I've been a Boba Fett fan before it was like the chic, cool thing to be. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like ever since I was a kid, I just, his armor was just so cool to me. Like the, the whole, is that what silence, it was? It was just like, the well, armor? for me, there's, there was before you knew what was going on, right. When you first mm-hmm. learned about him and saw him, there was, um, a lot of mystery to that character. It was like kind of like a cowboy mercenary Ronin bounty hunter, mm-hmm. dude, you know, that, you know, until he fell into the Sarlacc pit, you know, he, he was pretty much a badass. Like the way he like tracked him, tracked down, you know, Han Solo and, you know, got, you know, all the was, stuff was that he did. I mean, Jedis and yeah, stuff. I mean, it was all like, you know, badass worthy, you know? So I, I, kind of fell in love with the character in empire before I ever saw, you know, return of the Jedi and what happened next. So for me, right. You know, that was a, that's why I always liked Boba Fett. Um, I've read some of the other stories, like in the old EU, you know, like the books and stuff about mm-hmm. him and, and comic books and things like that, which kind of fleshed his character out a lot more. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's, I, I definitely like Boba Fett and I'm interested to see, um, you know, I, I like seeing Tamora Morrison, you know, playing him in live action again, um, you know, and getting a chance to to kind of reprise that role, um, mm-hmm. you know, and take a and take a stab at it. I think it's going to be neat. It looks like it's going to have a lot of really cool, like, um, you know, crime like stuff as well as like the action. So that that looks like it'll be neat. Yeah, I'm really curious to see how he's going to be running like the whole underworld now. Um, he's I mean, he's a dangerous he's a dangerous dude. and He knows his shit. Uh, I never really understood. Like, I, I, I love Mandalorians um, ever since basically I watched the series, um, you know, the, the Clone Wars series. Um, that's where I really started to like, you know, you know, the planet of Mandalore and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But. I never understood the hype behind Boba Fett whenever I went back and like I watched the originals because obviously I wasn't around whenever they the originals were there. 
But whenever I, I finally did go in, and see the originals, um, I remember thinking, I was like, why is everyone so obsessed with this character who didn't have a lot of screen time and didn't do too much? Mm-hmm. So I, I was always, it's always like curious to me, like why everyone had such a huge hang up on him. But, um, but now obviously that I've, I've seen him in action and everything. And, you know, I, I know what Mandalor- Mandalorians are about. Um, you know, I've, I thought he was super cool. And, yeah. you know, whenever he made his entrance in, in the Mandalorian series, I was super excited and having him kind of go off and do his own thing now is very interesting. Um, I don't, how should I say? Like to me, like this whole underworld mob boss scenario, I think would have been personally cooler. Cause I, I like the whole, when Darth Maul became an, an underworld mob boss, I wish that they would have explored that instead, but him being a mob boss and, and kind of uh, making a stake in the underworld is going to be pretty cool. So I am really excited about that. Yeah. It looks solid. You know, it's going to be more um, good, good directing from, I think John Favreau is doing his as well, right? Uh, I For think Boba? so. I mean, I think him and Dave Filoni basically oversee all of it regardless. Um, yeah. You know, like in the Mandalorian, they had different directors, um, for each for, of the episodes, episode, but right. it was like overseen by Dave Filoni and John Favreau as far as like story. And then these yeah. directors basically shot it in their way and they, you know, had input and stuff like that. Um, you know, which was always like the most, um, apparent, like in the, uh, what was it? The, the episode where he was like at that little village and then the red eyed, um, ATSC comes comes out of the um, woods like a giant T Rex, and you're like, "Oh, yeah, that's the right. Jurassic World uh, girl that did that episode." So yep. yeah, of course it looks like that, you know. So it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's kind of cool. I, I like that idea to have like people put their stamp More on collaborative, it, you know, yeah. and um, to, to and then I think that keeps the show fresh too. Where you have like yeah. someone overseeing it all, and then you're letting like different episodes be helmed by different people. It keeps it from getting stale. Um, yeah, and they can explore different things. I mean, just like visions, right? Like that was bonkers yeah, exactly. awesome because of that. So I agree. Yeah, it, it's going to be good. I, I like you know everything that Disney's doing right now. I think they're moving in the right direction of. So this is just going to be you know another drop in the Star Wars universe that yeah. I can't wait to to drink. So I mean, as far as Maul goes, man, I he's like got to be one of my favorite like characters after all the fleshing out they did of him in the Clone Wars, and like yes. where where he ended at the end of season seven, I was like, I just want a Maul show. Like, give me a Maul show and let's go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we're getting Ahsoka, we're getting Obi Wan. It's like, where is the Maul show where he like takes over? you know, the, you know, the darks, what is it? The, the, um, I forget the name of it now, like where you see him as the leader of the, um, underworld, uh, syndicate in, um, solo mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, let's see yeah. that happen. You know, black sons, yeah. the black sons. So, yeah, exactly. That the whole, like, I, like, I wish that they would just pick it up from where Han, you know, the movie or solo, the movie, uh, left off because that would have been like a fine place. I mean, whether you like that movie or not, you know, uh, they left it off at a very interesting place with, with Darth Maul coming back in. Mm-hmm. So it canonized all of the, um, uh, Star Wars Clone Wars series basically. So yeah, I'm super excited about that. I really hope that they, that they do something with that. You know, we'll have to see. It seems like everything that I think the exciting thing is that everything is 
you know, up for grabs at this point. Like they're yeah. willing to go into a whole bunch of different side characters. Which oh, yeah, I like. for sure. So, but yeah, well, let's go ahead and move on to the gaming section now. And uh, that's going to be with, you know, the revelation of Final Fantasy's ridiculous player base recently, the, mm-hmm. the nonchalant brag that they threw out. Um, Final Fantasy 14 expansion is delayed two weeks to improve stability. So yep. are you are you playing that game actively or no? I you know, I, I played it. So I played Final Fantasy when it first came out before it was quote unquote a realm re- reborn. And it was like a colossal mess. And they took it down and I played it again when it came back out for a bit. And I've jumped back in once or twice. I just don't have time for an MMO really anymore. So it's just kinda like it's not really feasible. For me, right. with my time commitments to really be involved in like a, a team based, you know, grouping scenario where once you're in a group, like you could like be locked down for an hour or two. Yeah. Like but I mean, it's, it's always been on my list of things that I'd like to check out. I just never get a chance to. Yeah. I feel like there is a way to marriage, like, you know, conflicting time schedules and, hardcore raiding and MMOing. You, you know what I mean? Like there has to be a marriage for that somewhere that people need to come up with. And I, I think the MMO space or not the MMO space, the mobile gaming space has done a pretty admirable job with some games and trying to, you know, keep a competitive end game with a serious player base for, you know, raiding and, and guilds mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, still keep in mind, you know, mo- it being a mobile game that you have to leave you know, very frequently. So I hope that they kind of go more that route with console games too, just because um, I, I know what you mean when you say you want to you want to really get into a, an MMO again. Like so do I, but for those same reasons that you mentioned, like it just makes it a lot harder now. Yeah. So um, yeah, I like to see something like that happen. But regardless, MMO Final Fantasy fourteen that's you know the place to be if you want a huge player base. Apparently, so you know make sure to check that out. Um, but it is delayed two weeks, so just keep that in mind. Uh, next thing we're going to talk about is uh, Elden Ring. So they released 20 minutes of gameplay, kind of overviewing everything about the game. Um, for me personally, the I mean, the gameplay looks good. It looks definitely solid. Mm-hmm. Um, better than uh, New World, in my opinion, for the combat. But, you know, it being a single player game and everything like that, like I don't... You know, this is obviously subjective, but I, I don't really see the big pull. It seems like just another game. You know, yeah, they have some interesting classes and the mechanics for them, but I just wasn't like super impressed by anything. Um, it did get a lot of there is a lot of hype for the game. So, you know, obviously I might be in the minority here, but what do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, like I've never really played any of these like Soulsborns games, you know, uh, like the Bloodborne, Dark Souls kind of stuff. Um and I'm, I get kind of ragey if I have to like smash away at stuff too much. Cause I it, like, that doesn't respect my time as much as I, you know, with as little time as I have these days with the kids and all that. Um, mm-hmm. so, but I mean, damn, if it doesn't look beautiful, I mean, the graphics looked amazing. The, the combat looked kind of smooth. So, you know, I know that there's a lot of very intricate skill based combat in that stuff. So, I mean, I think it's going to do well. Those games always sell, you know, butt tons of copies, but, um, true. 
yeah, it's just not my it's not my cup of tea. But I thought that it was nice. They, the, everything they showed looked good. It was weird though the way they cut it. Like there was a, at the beginning there was like yeah. there's like these fights with like a dragon, but it's like every like five Terrible seconds ending. it's like fades Sliced. to black and fades back in. So it's like little slices of combat <laughs> instead of just like yeah. show me the battle. So I still don't really have a good feel for what the combat actually looks like, you know, is there a HUD or is, you know, it, you know, what does it look like? So we'll have to see. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I know what you're talking about with those weird angles. Like there was one point where the dragon was flying away and then they just didn't want to wait for the dragon's animations to come back. So it like cut. And then it was just him coming back like five seconds later, yeah. but the cut itself took two seconds. So yeah. it was, it was weird, <laughs> but, um, all right. Well, anyways, um, the next big thing is uh, Take Two cancels um, the unannounced fifty-three million dollar game. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that one? Yeah. So um, let me look for it. So Hangar Thirteen, which is a subsidiary um, of Two K, they did the Mafia Three uh, game mm-hmm. that came out in twenty sixteen. Um, they were given. Um, they were originally supposed to make Mafia 4, but, you know, after Mafia 3 didn't do as well as they thought it would, both in critic scores and sales, Take-Two just canned the whole series. Um, and they started working on a new project um, that was called Rhapsody, but it never materialized. And then they it turns out that it eventually morphed into this game called Volt, was the code name for it, which was, I believe, I read somewhere was like short for Voltron. And, um, hmm. they just, um, canceled it. They just were like, we've put a, you know, after reviewing it, um, we don't think it's a good idea. And it's, it, my understanding is that it was a live service game. So after the flop of like Avengers and, um, Anthem and stuff like that, I think companies are reevaluating the, the, um, the success rate of these live service games and how hard they can be yeah. to really get going. And, um, you know, if a, if a live service game with the Marvel IP can't survive, like how does mine survive? We can't all just be destiny. Right. So, um, I think it was just probably, they were just like from a business perspective, it didn't make sense. So there's 200 people apparently that work at that studio, but they've said straight up 2k said, no, we're going to find somewhere for all these people. And we know that hangar 13 is going to put something out. Good. We just don't know what it is yet. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a wise decision for them to really analyze the playing field and decide proactively, like, you know what, this isn't what we think it's going to be. And for the various reasons that they mentioned, like, we're going to move it and we're going to do something different. I think that that's, you know, a smart decision uh, in this day and age. And you can't be thrown around an absurd amount of money like that. Yeah. So, I mean, if you um, look at, like, what's going on with, like, Ubisoft and all their live service games and and, all the mess that they're in. I mean, they're starting to pull back their games and saying, well, we're not going to release this because the, the feedback we're getting is bad. And, like, the last couple of games they released were really bad. You know, even the new Far Cry was getting dinged a lot um, for being like yeah. super repetitive and stuff. So it's like a lot of these companies need to reevaluate that, you know, design structure and make sure that they have the right hook. You know, the gameplay loop that makes the game fun enough to repeat. You know, Destiny's figured it out. Um, you know, Avengers didn't. Anthem didn't. Like, yeah. so there is there is a little bit of lightning in a the bottle. There's a lot more. F- failures than successes that's yeah for sure. like when you hear a live service game and people go well i mean if you can get it for free on game pass you should just play through the story and then never pick it up again it kind of defeats the purpose yep. of it being a live service game 
So exactly. That's problematic. So that means the gameplay loop you've created isn't sustainable. People don't give a crap enough about it. It's not fun enough to be, to be continued versus something like Diablo two, where people are still playing the original Diablo two, you know, 20 years later. (laughs) But I mean, even still, like I was talking to a friend who was saying, well, I'm not getting D two R because I'm just playing Diablo two. You know, I still play yeah. Diablo 2 almost every day. I'm like, well, shit, yeah. I guess if you're just playing Diablo that, 2, why spend 40 bucks on a reskin? That you can't log into. Yeah. <laughs> so. so, yeah. I mean, I I totally understand that one. Um, on it, Blizzard's on my shit list right now. So. Yeah. Um, well, we'll be talking about them in, in just a little bit. But um, good on 2K, though. That That's another thing I just want to mention real quickly. Like, for doing that, especially in the gaming industry where people get laid off way too often, way too quickly. Um, moving them over to, you know, finding a place for them, uh, especially right now in the world. Very, very good for them. So, yeah. you know, I take my hat off to them. But, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I like to see 2K kind of standing behind, like, they basically said, like, look, Hangar 13 hasn't found critical and financial success yet, but we know that they will, and we stand behind these guys. They're all talented, so we're going to figure out yeah. what they're going to work on next. And in the meantime, we're going to shuffle them around and make sure they're all making meaningful contributions to our studio while the heads of the company and Take Two, you know, and 2K decide like what we're going to make. And that's, I mean, that's exactly. good as opposed to just going, well, 200 people, we'll keep the studio heads, fire all the yeah. developers. Once we figure it out, we'll just restaff. Exactly. <laughs> they could easily do that, but not a good idea. Yeah. Well, speaking of, um, you know, failures that Marvel <laughs> has had, hopefully this next one won't be one of them. Uh, Midnight Suns is delayed to the back half of 2022. Um, not super pumped about that. This was a game who I, that I originally was, um, I don't want to say like I didn't like it, but I, and I'm still to a degree a little, uh, cautiously i'm cautiously optimistic about it a little apprehensive to be on the hype train because i was really burnt hard with avengers you know this is a different style game and everything of course but you know there was some issues some small issues that i had in the trailer Mm -hmm. um but seeing it being pushed back to 2022 that's a good thing and a bad thing in my book obviously i don't want it to be delayed or anything like that but if it means Things will be solved and the game will be released more solid. I'm okay. I'm just not going to be like super happy until it, it's released. Uh, and I know that they've done a good job on it. Mm-hmm. But what, what about you? Where's your head at on it? Yeah, actually, when I saw this pop up, I was like, man, I never really dug too deep into that. So I was actually, while we were waiting to, to, to do the podcast, I was watching some like uh, videos where they did, they've done some live streams of like the combat and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I actually really think the like card system meets XCOM is kind of a novel idea. And they were talking at it about it, like going, well, you know, it's different guys. And we know that it's like, and they even made like kind of a tongue in cheek references like, and what could go wrong with a card game in your strategy game? Like that sounds like a great idea, you know, but so then they were aware. Yeah. So then they were just, <laughs> They were because that was like the big thing that happened when it first announced and people saw that they were like, what the heck is this? Um, I'm one of those people. Yeah, but it was like (laughs) they've shown some stuff now where like you do a lot of walking around and talking to people like and then you you build characters and you find the different characters throughout. And they were even showing like a Wolverine and they call your main character the hunter versus Sabretooth. And they were mm-hmm. like, yeah, you don't even get, I mean, this is where you, this is the battle where you meet Wolverine. It's about 20 hours into the game. So you don't right. even get Wolverine until the 20th hour of the game. It's like, 
So it's like they, they've got a, they, they're, they're working on pacing. They're introducing characters as you move along. It's not like up oh, here's all your guys and just, you know, have fun. Uh, but they did, yeah, we're talking a lot about, the end. Yeah. yeah, they were talking a lot about the abilities and they're like, by doing it this way allowed us to make more abilities per character because the randomness of the card mechanic allows the, the abilities to flourish and, um, you know, not, not be like, well, you always have all of them available. So then this character is just broken OP and blows everything up. Right. If you don't draw the card, you don't get to use it. Um, and then they, they added in like this mechanic apparently called heroism that when you play these cards, you generate this heroism and then heroism can be used for like these big, awesome, crazy abilities. And, um, that's kind of the thing that kind of softens the RNG a little bit. So I think Mm. it's going to be cool. It looks really cool. We'll have to see uh, what happens. It was supposed to come out March 2022. They've said now back half of 2022, which means yeah. anything after July, basically. So who knows where it actually lands. Where do you stick on the, like, glad it's it's being pushed back, mad that it's being pushed back, more worried that it's being pushed back? Like, wh- What's your stance on it? I always prefer to see something pushed back and done right than released half-baked. We've had way too I, much of that these days. I, and it's I become agree. kind I, of a terrible mo of gaming to just release a piece of garbage and then patch it up i agree i'm on the same exact stance but the only thing is that once it is released if it's not good if it's not up to where i feel like it should be and there's obvious huge issues with it mm-hmm. and they still pushed it back especially many times because each time it's pushed back my standards go up i feel like mm-hmm. but um if it doesn't hit that then i'm more harsh on the game than ever yeah. so i guess it's like but yeah, like I'm, I'm okay with a game being pushed back as long as it's released and and it's done well. Where I can look at the game and I'm like, yeah, this is a solid release. Um, but yeah, you know, my I just want to mention this was my only thing with that, just because this is a game that I think we're all going to be playing. Um, I know, I think you know most of the people, even in our, um, you know, like the A and R community, like they're all about Marvel. Like we all got here because of the Marvel based mm-hmm. game. Like so, there's a huge density high density of us that that are you know marvel fans so i think a lot of us are gonna be playing it i just have to say like the one thing about the cards because i do like all aspects of this game except for the card thing and i understand that like the cards using the cards brings in certain mechanics that they want to utilize that that's more interesting than uh, you know the normal stuff that we see for these types of games but for me, it's just there's something about the delivery method of it being a card that cheapens it. Like, I wish that they would have found literally any other way that's not card based. Yeah, just a better representation mechanics. of it on the screen. Because, exactly. yeah, it does. Because when you watch it, it looks disconnect. out of place. It definitely looks out of place in the screen. Exactly. Like, you've got this crazy 3D screen, and then you've got this deck of cards at the bottom. These, like, yeah, you have like these real characters that you're controlling, and that's yeah. what I want. Like, the real. But then whenever you're like, oh, but I have to have a, like, throw down this card, it makes it feel like Yu Gi Oh! You know? Mm-hmm. So it, that's the disconnect for me. I really like the, the mechanics that it brings to light. It's just the delivery method. That's all. Yeah, so, we'll have to see how they integrate it. I think we'll have exactly. to see how it gets integrated into the screen because the way they've got it right now does feel kind of janky. Like, yeah. I can see that for sure. But, um, you know, now it's time to talk about something that's 
very new <laughs> and very experimental. We have no idea. We don't even really know exactly what's happening with mm-hmm. it. Um, but we're going to give a shot at breaking it down to you guys. Um, so there's this new game that's coming. Um, I actually saw it on TikTok. And so I, I brought it to you guys because maybe someone here can actually explain it to me better after I, I give a shot of explaining it to you guys. But it's this new game called, um, Alluvium and it's a, new ethereum blockchain and nft based game so apparently this kind of um you know crypto mining game meets game style has been done before but on very minute scales where it's really shittily done um but this is the first time we're looking at a game with very high graphics lots of money put into it looks like a triple a title kind of oh i i don't know about the depth of the game itself but looks like polished, mm-hmm. very polished, like up there with definitely other triple A games that I've played. Um, so I, I, it's it's a very interesting thing. And, and while you're doing it, you're you're mining Ethereum, uh, to my understanding, and their own currency based system. And you're dealing with NFTs, which is pretty interesting because it's kind of like a you you know with NFTs, it's all about you know like specific unique things tokens characters whatever that you own and so there's a limited amount of them and um you know they all have a potential value and so with this dealing with a game where it's kind of almost like a pokemon pet based game like it's not exactly pokemon it's it's like tft but like the the characters that you're putting out are kind of pokemon like um like having that be like an nft system that's very interesting to me because i've always liked the idea of a game where you could have like you you could get characters that are actually unique like there's very few of them period and no one else can get them after a certain point or or maybe even what's cooler to me is even just like if there's only one like you know a, a system that creates unique and or you know creatures animals people whatever and um you know is, is constantly creating them for each individual person and that way you can trade them and everyone always has something unique and cool but terribly difficult to balance very aware of that um but yeah for me this is just an interesting take on doing something like that i feel like this is definite whether you like it or not i feel like this is definitely a frontier that will be explored and probably you know um it's probably going to be very useful and and profitable in, in our future but um you know seeing this adaptation of it very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on it? Are you going to try it out? Are, are you staying we'll, 10 we'll feet away from this thing? We'll have to see because, like, you know, to, to form the blockchain takes some pretty serious computing power. So we'll have to see kind of mm-hmm. how they how that all plans out. Um, NFT-based games have been around for a little bit now since kind of NFT shows up. And they're actually banned on Steam right now. Uh, Steam really? has banned all games that have anything to do with NFTs. Um, hmm. Yeah, there's like a big fight going on between the NFT game makers and Steam, where Steam's like, nah, get out of here. And now. I wonder if that's because like economy monetization systems are so fucking out of whack with NFTs. Well, yeah, because they truly, I mean, NFTs to me is is just the stupidest thing um, (laughs) that exists on this planet. Like, you're paying for (laughs) pixels and, and, and the hope that nobody ever recreates it. It's like. That's dumb, man. Um, like <laughs> cryptocurrency, yeah, I get it, but the NFTs thing doesn't make any sense to me. But and and people right. are getting scammed by them so hard. Th- that's for sure. Uh, like it is all a dang- the time. 
Yeah, so. it is a dangerous area. That's why, like, honestly, having like a fully regulated game mm-hmm. would not be a terrible way to kind of safely explore yeah. it, at least for me. So yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that, that's a solid take on it. Literally, I have no idea if this is a terrible idea or a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> All I know is that I want to get in touch with someone that knows what the fuck it is first, and I want them to tell me if I should yeah. play it or not. <laughs> but um. Yeah, yeah, so that's pretty much it for that. Make sure you know check it out if you're at all interested or in that space or, or want to mm-hmm. talk to any of us about it. Oh, sure. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and talk to about the next thing, which is Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Um, we found out that this one actually might be the last Super Smash Brothers that we get. Do you want to tell them a little bit about why? Yeah, I mean, I guess um, you know what I read was that basically. Um, what's the guy's name? The Shiro, or what's his name? The um, this the guy who does the Smash, the director, like Shiro Tokiyama, or something. Yeah, like that, I think, yeah. Right? So, um, what I read was basically that he said, like, you know, now that now that Smash Brothers Ultimate is done, right? They released the final character. Um, the game is done. Um, mm-hmm. That there that that as of right now, there have been no discussions over what comes next. That um, he basically said, like, him and Nintendo have to need to sit down and have a serious conversation. He doesn't think it's the end of the Smash Brothers forever, but he also doesn't know where it goes. But he did make a comment that where he basically said, like, in order for Smash Brothers to continue, I have to be involved because Nintendo tried to pass it off to someone else and it didn't work out all that great. So... Mm -hmm. (laughs) So obviously he's carrying around some kind of secret sauce that where where he's the only guy that can make these Super Smash games, which which I also want to talk about something else in a minute. So let me forget. But sure. he also apparently I, and I didn't even know this in the Famitsu magazine in Japan. He's been writing a column in that magazine for 20 years now. Like crazy dude. Dude's a dude's a beast, man. He's a, he he's 100. He loves his job. He loves the community and. You know, I'm all for him making another game, but I think I could, I mean, Smash will run forever, even if he never makes another one. I mean, people still play the GameCube one. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think, I think this one is going to last plenty long enough um, as far as like the community goes. It'll just be a matter of, um, you know, if they choose to wait for the next system, maybe to do it. I, I, th- I feel yeah. like Smash is like a one game per system kind of game. So if the switch never goes away, then they obviously I don't think we'll ever make another one. But if they come out with a new game system, then I think that would be the time that they would make a new Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, I think every single time so far it's been, you know, one Super Smash per system. And I I like it that way. I mm-hmm. think that that's fair because, you know, it isn't a game that does that. It's not a, a, a Tekken or anything like that. I mean, Tekken doesn't need sequels after sequels, after sequels but it, it, it gets them regardless. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that that's far too excessive. So for a game like this, like I don't mind system, you know, waiting system by system. Um, I also wouldn't mind if they kept this you know, this version and maybe waited like 10 years and did another one then. But as long as they, I do like more characters coming in constantly. Um, not like crazy, but like, you know, like two, three a year or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but anyways, you know, either way, I am very sure that this is not the end, regardless of that conversation. Um, I think that whenever another system comes out, Nintendo will wave money. Like, 
to the point where like yeah he would probably because he has absurd amount of money but so much money to the point where he it can't be ignored no matter how rich you are kind of thing. yeah because super smash Bros. is synonymous with nintendo you know yeah um, i mean it's their one big fighting game and it's it's something exactly. that always sells really well for the system it's always in the top 10 generally for that system and you know it's not going to stop hey, side note though like have did you check out that nickelodeon one yet I haven't checked it out, but I've I've seen it flacked online. Oh yeah, they're not digging it. Yeah, so apparently it's well, you know, it's hard to say. It depends on you know what publication or what the audience is that you're getting it from, because mm-hmm. you know a game like that is going to be definitely super subjective. Um, but for me, like I I I thought it looked at least worthy enough for a play. I I still think I'm going to give it a shot. Um, or at least watch some videos on it enough to really tell me if I'm interested in it or not now that it's, you know, out. So, um, yeah, we'll have to see, but I personally haven't played it. No. Okay. Are, were you planning on picking it up? No, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I have smash Bros. ultimate and I barely played any of it. So yeah, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's talk about a game that you don't have to worry about ever playing again. That's going to be Harry Potter wizards unite. It's closing down, everyone. I don't know if anyone here actually played it or, you know, played it at some point and then stopped very quickly. I was one of those people. I played it like, I want to say, quote unquote, hardcore for like three days. Mm -hmm. And then I very quickly was like, yeah, never mind. Like, if I didn't keep up with it for Pokemon, I won't be doing it for Harry Potter Wizards Unite. So not super surprised that this is closing down especially in a pandemic like that didn't do it any favors i still don't know why they didn't release like a like i get it like i guess they want to keep the integrity of the whole walking aspect of the game but at the same time if your player base is just not like we don't want to fucking walk to play our game you know like maybe put a controller stick in there and just fucking allow people to walk around and go do that shit because i would have stuck on that game if I wouldn't have had to fucking go like walk or drive everywhere to do anything, you know what well, I mean? I think, yeah. And I think one of the problems is, is like, depending on where you are, um, mm-hmm. determines like what kind of access you have. So like, for Absolutely. instance, I did Pokemon go for a while, like to the point where like mm-hmm. me and another buddy from work would like go to parks, like at lunch and like go catch Pokemons and stuff. Right. right. Um, you know, it's all built on the backbone of that one, that Niantic game. I, I forget the name of it now because I'm just. Uh, fuck, I know what you're talking about. I, I don't remember yeah. what it is now. Anyway, but. it's all built on the backbone of that. And, like, you know, the, the submissions for new, like, Pokestops or gyms or, or and all that stuff is, like, very much a pain in the ass. It's all kind of done through that other game. And yeah. um, so, like, up the street for me, there's this. Um, apartment complex and in the apartment complex is like this Italian Renaissance style. So they have all these fountains like that are replicants of like the different fountains inside of Italy. And for that other game, someone went and like tagged every single one of those. And since it's kind of a loophole, the, the, um, the criteria for something to get tagged is it needs to be like a public landmark art thing or whatever. Yeah, so this one, this one little like apartment complex that's like a loop de loop has like thirty pokey stops and like two gyms in it. So if you yeah. like live in the middle of that thing, you can just sit in your house and go nuts all day, every day, no problem. Never have to leave. Never run out of, you know, the pokey balls from getting the stops and stuff. Whereas like for me, 
I can see on the map some stops and stuff, but I can't access them and nothing spawns near my house. So it's like, you know, you want to play it and it's like, well, you know, I got two kids. I can't just get up and leave just to play this little mobile game. So it just got to the point where I was just like, I just can't deal with this AR crap anymore. And then I, I don't think Harry Potter has the draw big enough to pull people, you know? Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, not only does it not have, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, Harry Potter IP is strong as fuck, but Pokemon IP is like the biggest thing. So, um, you know, they were there not only first, but they have the bigger IP. And if you're playing both, like you're not really going to be playing both. You know what I mean? Like you're going to be picking Pokemon over it. And so it really kind of like Pokemon cannibalized it itself, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, I think Pokemon also is like inherently designed for a game like that. Like that's what you do in Pokemon is you walk around and catch Pokemon hiding in the bushes. Like, so walking around and catching Pokemon is like what you would do. And, um, you know, I thought that made sense. Whereas the Harry Potter one, I, I don't really understand it. Yeah. But there is the, you know, there's the new one. I didn't even think about this when we were talking about this, you know, they just dropped a brand new one, right? This week. Um, it's a Pikmin. It's a Pikmin one. Um, oh, the Pikmin one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I saw a, it's, that. It's, it's it's Niantic is doing it. Yep. And course, it's yeah. it's Pikmin Bloom. Um, yeah. So you know when you're going for a short walk around the corner, today's the very first day of the rest of your Pikmin adventure. You know, <laughs> um, you know you walk to grow your Pikmin, and you make flower. You walk to make the flowers bloom, and you. I don't know. I have no idea what it's about, but but I guarantee you that it's based on the same framework because they just use that framework for it everything. Is, yeah. um, it's a different skin on the same game. Yeah. So, you know, it, I don't think it's a coincidence that Pikmin drops and then Wizards Unite vanishes. But, like, I, is Pikmin that, like, popular that it was super niche? Super no, niche. It seems There's so weird. No that way. was like when they announced that, I was like, why Pikmin? Like, I mean, I'm a Pikmin fan. Like, I, I actually have been waiting for another Pikmin game to come out. Um, because there's something very charming I find about the simplicity of that game. But mm-hmm. whenever it come, came to this, I was just like, I saw it and I was like, oh, so cool. And then I was like, oh, fuck. But like, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't like oh, it enough it, for that AR. system again. Frick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it can't be like it is. It is. It is nothing compared to Harry Potter, and it's nothing. It's e- even more nothing compared to Pokemon. So there's no way because people aren't going to the, these spots with Pokemon, and then they're switching over. You know, they go to that point of interest, and then they're switching over to their wizards, and then they're switching over to their Pikmin. Like people aren't doing that. Mm-hmm. People don't have the patience for that shit. So. Um, yeah, like I'm sure Pikmin Bloom, like it will die quickly. That's why I just kind of like, uh, was like, all right, I'm just going to let that one go. Cause it, that can't survive, but you know, it is what it is. And yeah, I wish that they would do something a little bit more than just reskin the same game 50 times. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, well, let's go into, uh, I mean, that's just, some, I guess that's just their business model, but whatever. It, it is. Yeah. They're one and only business model. Yeah. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about something that uh i think we both agree that we don't like which is blizzard um (laughs) at this point (laughs) um so diablo 4 and overwatch 2 are indefinitely delayed so we're looking at 2023 at the earliest 
and Blizzard loses first female co-lead in the same exact week. Wow. There yeah, is a lot rough. to unpack there. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts right now on Blizzard in general? So here's the deal. And I, I've, I've seen some stuff about this too, where, where like, here's the thing. It's like, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because like, you know, let's say you decide to boycott Blizzard, right? You don't buy their games and enough people don't buy their games and their stock plummets. Do you know who's not going to get fired? The the dick waffles that are responsible for the shitty work environment. Who's going to get <laughs> fired? All the developers that yeah. need development jobs. And then where do they go from there? So it's like all these people whose lives we're all, we all want to be better are the ones will pay the ultimate price for us not playing the game. So it's, it's partially like a, one of those like separate the artist from the art, like Harry Potter, like JK Rowling's a total waste of human space, you know, Mm-hmm. But Harry Potter's still cool, right? So, you know, do you do you just, you know, say, well, since she's a piece of crap, then it's a piece of crap. Therefore, I can't like Harry Potter anymore. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. the same thing can be said of like H.P. Lovecraft and Cthulhu. Like that dude was a hard, hardcore racist, right? As many people were back then. And he was not a generally a good person. But his right. freaking stories were bonkers good like cosmic horror exists because of him so like do you just go well i'm not gonna play anything related to cthulhu mythos or any of that stuff because hp lovecraft was a racist well all his works are in the public domain nobody's making any money off it so what's the harm in enjoying the work even though he was a, a douche you know right so for me like when diablo immortal drops i'm gonna download and play it like I, it, absolutely, I, I I will take things that I enjoy and um and enjoy them. And you know, my hope is is that you know the developers that make those games are still proud of their work. And and they've said it. Like people have said, like we're proud of the work that we do at Blizzard. We just don't like the work conditions that we're stuck with. But we still like what we you know exactly. do, and we like what we've made, and we want you to play it and enjoy it and engage with it. So. Yeah, it's it's what's crazy to me is that Blizzard doesn't have anything nor have they really released anything in a long time. Like if you think mm-hmm. back, oh yeah, Overwatch was like the last big thing. Yeah. And that's been out for a while now. And other than that, they've just been riding on like wow expansions. You know, they canceled Heroes of the Storm. Hearthstone is still doing its thing, I guess. Um you know, D2R, Warcraft Reforged was a mess. D2R has turned out to be kind of a mess. Um, you know, with D4 and Overwatch 2 pushed back that far, it's like you almost wonder how Blizzard makes it to 2023 um, with no releases in sight. And, um, yeah. you know, like Diablo Immortal, like I've watched some of the stuff like for the beta right now. And that game looks like ready to go. Like, I don't understand why that's not out yet. Um, Especially in a in a, a current um, field where people are releasing games like practically halfway finished and say, like, we're, we're actively working on it while you're playing. Basically, like everyone's a beta player, like it, the game releases in mm-hmm. beta. Like that's kind of just accepted now. It's like it's okay to work on your game, you know, for better or worse. It's okay to work on your game while you release it, because yeah. at this point, especially for this game, like it's it's certainly polished enough that it is one hundred percent playable. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why they aren't. They're keeping it from so many people have put it through beta and have basically had the same exact beta like three times now. And we still can't play it. The majority of people still can't play it. Mm-hmm. And they're basically bleeding like everything that they have at this point. So yeah, n- none of it makes sense to me in the slightest bit. And just to, to speak back to what you were saying, like, so before, um, 2016 was the release of overwatch. That's the last time they released a game. So that's and it's crazy to think that that's the fucking reality there, mm-hmm. because before they were releasing games like, you know, I see a game here basically every other year, you know, going yeah. back to like, you know, Starcraft and yeah. and like even like Lost Vikings, or everything like that. And as as they've gotten a, to be a bigger company, they've done less and less and less. And the quality has gone down and down and down. I don't know what the fuck they're doing, but the problem here is that, you know, the wrong people are in charge and those wrong people are making piss poor decisions, uh, obviously financially and socially. So I don't know what the hell's going on over there, but there needs to be like a mass overhaul where that company's dead. Like, yeah, the only thing that can save them at this point is honestly because mobile games pull in so much money. If Diablo Immortal is monetized, uh, which I'm I'm sure it will be in some various way. But if it's monetized, you know, well enough that people that it maintains a high player base and that people actually put in money because they find value enough in those microtransactions that might literally float their company. But other than that, like this is just not only terrible PR for the past, you know, couple of years. But all of these games being moved back and back and back and the BlizzCon being canceled again, like there's just there's no hope. It, it feels like this is just a a garbage development company at this point. Yeah, it's it's getting rough. Um, and then on top of that, you know, with all the things going on with women in the workplace, and all that stuff, they yeah. they're co-leader. So when um, the last president left, um mm-hmm who was actually like part of the, the problem, you know, part, it was like right. kind of stemming from the original like bout of problems that they had with PR. Um, they decided instead of promoting a single person, they would promote two people. And it was like a, a you know, it was a guy and a girl. Um, and they basically, I think it's since 2018, they've kind of co-led the company. And then she's basically announced like, yeah, I'm out. Um, <laughs> and she, she made it, she made it very clear that mm-hmm. it had nothing to do with the current climate. What she basically said is, you know, when this happened, um, you know, she realized that, that, that she felt like she could do more to change the industry doing it outside of a game company, like being more about the broad change in the gaming industry for women. So mm-hmm. that's why she was leaving was to pursue that you know, right. grander scheme. It's not just blizzard. It's, it's the gaming industry as a whole. And how do we make that better for women, which is a, a grand idea. But at the same mm-hmm. time, to me, it doesn't make sense because with the size of Activision blizzard, like you could make a pretty serious impact in the lives of a lot of people just doing it there first. Do you Especially know I mean? in a company that, that needs it more than ever. Yeah. So it's just like, it's, it, it, it reeks to me of like her leaving, you know, because she's not happy there and, mm-hmm. and kind of making it out to be like this better, like women empowerment thing. 
and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she's just gotten an opportunity in an organization that's working with that. And they're going, listen, you're a a woman executive inside of this sea of, you know, dominated, you know, frat boy culture, asshats, like you help us figure this out. Um, but at the same time, it's like over the, the two years or three years or whatever that she's been there. Like, it's not like it's been going well. So like, I don't under, like to me, I just don't understand like where the buck really stops on this stuff with, with what's going on. Like, you know, is it just the, does it stop at the manager of the studio? Does it go to the president? Like who, where does, where does the knowledge of the shit show end? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Exactly. How many play, uh, how many, how many areas does this problem stem out to? And in regardless of the reasoning behind her leaving, like, you know, for better or worse, <laughs> like it's it's a it is a nether PR hit because yeah, most people aren't way. going to. Yeah, most people aren't going to know the reason why people are just going to know that <laughs> she left right after all this stuff, which just looks terrible. Yeah, um, they just see the headline blizzard blizzard like the headline blizzard loses first female co-lead. Exactly. That just that headline looks real bad. Because, exactly. and especially in a day and age where a lot of people only read the headlines read scrolling headlines. through a Facebook yep. feed. Right. And, and and if anything, the byline, right, that's underneath, you know, where you get the mm-hmm. little snippet. A lot of people read that and they're like, oh, man, did you see that thing about this and that? And you're like, no. And it's like, oh, yeah, I saw this thing about that. They don't know anything about it. They just saw a headline. But it becomes yeah. a talking point, especially if they're talking to someone who probably doesn't know any more about it than they do. As a, then they can start... Instead of actually reading the article, they can start to just like talk shit about it and spread misinformation about it just based off of the headline. And those headlines are, you know, full in most cases, clickbait central. 100%. You know, to to, 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 to entice you to go, what do you mean they lost their first female co lead? What the heck? I got to click that. What? Blizzard's at it again. Like, where'd it go? And then, and then, (laughs) and then you now, they, they as a company now have this rep, right? So, right. Like, I don't need to read it because I know Blizzard treats women like crap. So no wonder she left. Yeah, those F those guys. So it's just, exactly. yeah, it's it's not it's not where you want to be. That's for sure. Exactly. Uh, when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. So not only are they like losing on their own front, they're losing on the on the like, you know, the public arena front as well. Like they're nothing is going their way. And I just, I honestly don't know if they can dig themselves too much out of this hall, but yeah, it's a rough know, spot. I mean, listen, like, we'll have to see, yeah. you know, it's like, think about Bioware, right? Bioware mm-hmm. didn't have this kind of PR nightmare about their work conditions, but yeah, Anthem was a steaming pile of dog shit. And yep. before that was Mass Effect Andromeda, which was a steamy pile of dog shit. <laughs> yeah. What do you, what company do you not hear about anymore? When's the last time you heard about Bioware other than when they yep. re- re-released Mass Effect trilogy, basically? Yeah, like, I was about to say that's the last time that. I mean, that is that company really even doing thing? anything? Like, did they dismantle that and they just haven't told anybody? Like, what, you know, I could yep. see Blizzard very easily just kind of slowly Fading away. fade away. I mean, nobody nobody that started that company that made those games that came up with that ip is even there anymore every single one of them is gone 
Yeah. You know, the original, you know, Chris Metzen, Mike Morheim, and I forget the other guy's name. Like, those three guys that started the company or whatever that made the first Warcraft, that made the first Starcraft, that, you know, built it from a little little shop of a couple of guys up into this giant company that then eventually sold to Activision. Like, they're all gone making their own stuff. You know what yeah. I mean? And, In fact, one uh, of them is at Riot working on the uh, League of Legends MMO. So. Yeah, and then like um, Chris Metzen like took off for mental health, and then like three years later, he uh, he's starting like a tabletop board game and RPG company, right? Mm-hmm. So he's just like, I'm done with video games. I'm moving into like gaming and doing tabletop stuff. Which I, he's a fantastic storyteller, so that'll be really cool. I think to that see makes what he comes out with. Yeah, I mean, he was the guy like he created Thrall and wrote a lot of those stories and stuff. Um, right. And then Mike Morheim has a new company that there's not a lot of information on you know he was the last to leave and um you know they've all made statements like basically saying well this sucks that blizzard is going through this and i had no idea and we need to do better at managing these people managing things and keeping our eyes on the the workforce and stuff and you know you get tired of hearing it but at the same time you're like well maybe they really just didn't know like you know, yeah. it's not like these guys are like down in the in the trenches every day, all day, you know, like mm-hmm. my company is 25 people and my the owner of my company is office is right. You know, I can see his desk in his second story office from my desk at the studio. Right. But he's stuck in meetings all day, every day. He has no idea what's going on on the floor half the time, you know, in the actual design studio. He, he's in meetings oh, yeah. with all of us, but he's not like down in the trenches. So if something weird happens down there, he may never know about it. So, you know, with as big as the companies are and stuff is like, is that even, you know, maybe they've heard, you know, smatterings and whispers and stuff, but it's not like they're walking the floor checking on everybody's, you know, status. So, which is shitty because the, as people as high up in as big as those companies are, they should be able to rely on the people that work for them to bring those issues, those hard hitting issues to them. And yeah. for whatever reason, that's where the kind of the, to me, that's where the corruption is, where the breakdown is, where the problem is, is that, you know, it gets to somebody like some of these producers, yeah, and direct, these producers and directors of the game. And they're, and they're the ones that are the problem and it's not getting past them because they're the right. ones who are talking to the, CEOs and the VPs going, yeah, man, everything's great, dude. All my people are happy. We're on schedule. We got it. We're going to crunch a little bit, but we're going to make it, you know, and you're just like, oh, God, that guy's got to go, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I think that it's definitely somewhere there in middle management that's keeping it from happening because, yeah, there's no way that, you know, the the head of the company is going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm okay with that. Like, they wouldn't be. Even if they were privately, there's no way that they would be okay with their company having to deal with something like that you know yeah you so would. it's it's def yeah so you would definitely like i feel like it is definitely somewhere in middle management where they you know it's a barrier where those issues aren't getting passed so yeah and to be clear um, i'm not excusing those people for not knowing what's going oh, on. oh of course not but yeah. at the same time I, I i i feel like at times like and this isn't just with this but with all things i feel like times people will get very malicious towards like the head guy you know what I mean? Like, well, you mm-hmm. know, you are responsible. So when you look at like a guy who's responsible for a, 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 a conglomerate of studios all over the country and in some cases other countries with 
thousands and thousands of employees, like he can't possibly know the working conditions of all of those facilities. Right. Exactly. But he is responsible, even if he doesn't directly know for the people that work for him. And those people right. are responsible for the next people down and down and down and down. So it does end at the top. Right. But yeah. it doesn't mean that they were maliciously going, oh, well, I knew about that. Ah, screw all those people. And right. but and there are times when they do. You know what I mean? So Yeah. But far, we'll far rarer, though. Yeah. yeah we'll but, find out what happens soon enough. But I, I yeah. hope that there's... Blizzard will will either go to nothing or it will be a turnaround. No, I want to say turnaround success, but at least yeah. a turnaround of some sort. So, but yeah. All right. Well, that pretty much wraps it up for the week. Did you have anything else or is that good? No, I'm good. And you, I know you want to go watch arcane. So I am dying to watch arcane right now. My eyes are literally on the clock and like, Oh my God, I can't believe I waited so long already. So mm-hmm. I am definitely out. Um, but yeah, we will be back next week, guys. Um, we are going to be talking about Arcane too, just so you guys know. You're, are you going to be watching it tonight, or are you going to watch it? I over might the next watch. Couple days? I might watch a little bit of it, man. I got that COVID booster yesterday, and I got my <laughs> ass kicked. I had a hundred and one degree fever earlier. Oof. I've been achy. Like the fact that I'm even awake right now at twelve twenty at night is like insanity. But my fever broke and everything, like. Any Around other? Eight. Did you have any other of the side effects, or is it just just that one? I ended up getting swollen. Sw- I mean, I haven't got my boost or anything, um, but I don't think that it's available for my age group yet. But the I got swollen lymph nodes from my original shot. Oh, that's that it. sucks. Yeah, yeah I but, didn't. Uh, I didn't have any adverse really effects on the first two shots. I think the second one I was a little achy. Um, my wife got like real bad migraines from the from the first one. I think. Um, for a day or two. And then this one, just both of us, when she came home from work, today, she was like destroyed. And I've been like <laughs> a freaking zombie with the kids alone all day. And she's been, and they were like really cool about it, the kids. But at the same time, I can tell they're like, I just want to go outside and play. Dad, why are you just sitting on the couch <laughs> with a blanket shivering? Like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Don't scream! I have a headache. <laughs> All right. Well, fair enough. Um, I'll let you go then. Let me know if you do end up watching it tonight. Text me whenever you do. Yeah, I'll but, hit um, you up tomorrow or the day after. All right. But anyways, for that, that's pretty much it for this week, guys. So thank you all very much for tuning in. Don't forget to check out the Patreon, of course, patreon.com forward slash pod. Don't forget to check out the Discord, discord.me forward slash ANR. And then, of course, review. Uh Go to Apple Podcasts, leave us that five-star review, and let us know what you think. All right. Until next week, guys. See ya. Peace.